with the market conditions now, military families need to be more prepared and have a strategic game plan now when purchasing a home. You're listening to The Spouse Angle, a podcast breaking down the news for military spouses and their families. I'm your host, Natalie Gross, and this is Season 2, Episode 23. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Spouse Angle Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. What happens when military PCS season meets America's red-hot real estate market? Well, many military families are unfortunately getting caught in a crunch. Military Times reported this month that for families wanting to purchase a home, it often means offering tens of thousands over asking price and bidding against multiple buyers. Reporter Karen Jowers, who you heard from on the very first episode of this season back in February, heard from one military family who said they bid $61,000 over asking for a home in Washington state, and they didn't even come close to getting their offer accepted. Military renters are also facing hardships. One of our listeners actually tagged me in a Facebook post recently where there were nearly 200 comments from people talking about how they couldn't get housing on base, they were priced out of the rental market and had to settle for a home that was either smaller than they needed or just something that they wouldn't ordinarily live in just so they didn't have to keep paying for a hotel. Military families aren't the only ones experiencing these types of struggles right now during the COVID era, but they are at a unique disadvantage in the housing market if they're using a VA loan. This has been a benefit for veterans and active duty service members since World War II. And just last year in fiscal 2020, the Department of Veterans Affairs guaranteed more than a million of these types of loans. But according to Business Insider, the housing shortage of 4 million homes in this market has pitted civilians with cash or conventional loans against military personnel seeking to use the VA's home loan because it lets users purchase a home with no down payment and low interest rates. I will link to both of these articles I mentioned in the show notes for you, and you're going to get more information on this topic from my guest today. They are two industry experts who work very closely with military buyers, and they're going to explain what's going on, what they're seeing out there, and what they believe can start to turn things around for military families. Plus, they'll also be giving some tips for any listeners out there who are house hunting. So stay tuned. guests today are Brian Bergjans and Michelle Crumley. They both work for Caliber Home Loans. Michelle has been a military and now veteran spouse for almost 30 years and has been in the mortgage industry for over 19 years. She is currently the military client and community liaison at Caliber and provides military and veteran outreach and home ownership education initiatives, both internally and externally. Brian is a Navy veteran and a current reservist serving as an operations officer. He started his mortgage banking career in 2002 and focuses on expanding the way mortgage and real estate industry support service members who want to achieve their dream of home ownership. Thank you both so much for being here on The Spouse Angle. Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. Okay, so it's probably an understatement to say the housing market is competitive right now. My family bought a house recently in Northern Virginia, and there are people making cash offers way above asking or waiving all contingencies. So it's just really crazy right now. But I want to hear it from the experts. Describe what you're seeing out there and how this compares to previous years based on your experience in the industry. And do you think it's going to slow down anytime soon? And Natalie, I love that you you brought this as a as a topic for the group because it, it is very different than what we have seen really in my career that I have seen, which you're right, 
thinking about Northern Virginia and just really all over the country is that you've got individuals that are selling really high, high prices, have a lot of money, they're cash flush, and they are looking to buy and they are making lots of offers, right? So we've got people with money, which has not historically been kind of the, the thing, right? Everybody has down payment needs or maybe a little bit cash strapped. But what we what we're seeing with the low inventory and then with the number of buyers that we have and the prices that are out there, it is absolutely a buying frenzy that we're seeing. Would you agree with that, Brian? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Natalie, you guys couldn't have brought this topic up at the most perfect time because, you know, now that we have, uh, you know, started to transition away from you know, pandemic lockdown type scenarios where people have been, you know, stuck in their houses, um, you know, PCSing had, was kind of put at a standstill. Now you're flooding the market with a lot more consumers that want to yep. buy. And uh, most of the markets in which military families have to go to are competitive markets. And the problem you see now is you know military families don't have much time to be deciding on what house they want to buy it's typically they come in they have to pick something and go because they're you know i always say it's like landing in an airplane on an aircraft carrier so the chips are kind of stacked against our military folks right now because of this competitive market and to michelle's point the normal consumer has so much cash right now because they're selling their houses at astronomical mm -hmm. numbers. Okay. Uh, sometimes they're getting paid two times or even three times more than they even paid for their house. You know, that, that money that they have to bring to the table allows them uh, to go, you know, pretty far beyond what the market value is for that home. You know, when you have these six or seven offers on the table. And so really, there's a strategy, I would say, for military families to be more competitive. I think they're not used to this type of a market. Normally, when they're coming in, they typically have a couple options and they can roll. Um, but I think with the market conditions now, military families need to be more prepared and have a strategic game plan now when purchasing a home. Definitely want to learn more about that as we get going here. But I read a story. It kind of reminded me, Michelle, of what you were saying. I read a story about a military family who put in an offer sixty thousand over asking, and they still didn't get it. What are the? What's the craziest thing you guys have seen out there? Oh, uh, I know of uh, one incident where someone that I personally know sold his house in Seattle for two hundred and fifty thousand over asking. Whoa. Right. And I'm sure Michelle's heard, you know, several situations like this. Every time I say, uh, man, that's the first time I heard that, I get shocked the day after. Well, and right now with buyers also paying all the seller's costs. Yeah. That is something that is new and different that you don't hear a lot about. Yeah. So not only are they paying over and above. Now, 250, I would say, Brian, that that is one that I that beats anything I've heard. Yep. Uh but families that have made 25, 30 offers before they even got even close to being the, the chosen, you know, golden child. So really having the headaches of 
day after day, week after week, finding a house, making an offer, it not being accepted, finding creative ways to write the offers over and above appraisal, over and waiving appraisals, waiving inspections, things that, you know, in the industry, it makes all of us cringe a little bit because of the jeopardy that they're putting themselves in when they go down down the road a little ways. What are some of the areas where it's most competitive right now, particularly around military installations where families might be the most affected? I mean, I would assume, you know, Michelle, you're right in the backyard of Virginia Beach. I mean, that's a c- extremely competitive market right now. It really is. And what we're seeing is in any of the areas where there is a high, high population, and especially that's transient, they are the ones that are really finding it to be the most challenging in affordable and 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 realistic markets that we are seeing. I have also, it's been very interesting. If you've got people moving from these areas, right? So if they've sold and they've been in California or they've been uh, in Alaska or here in Virginia and some of these larger cities and they're going to smaller cities, right? They're going to smaller locations and they're coming in and being able to outprice and outbid a lot of the locals or people that are moving from even smaller cities to those particular areas where there's bases. So really understanding who's moving to your market today, um, where they're coming from can have a big influence on how challenging it might be. So Natalie, to your point about the competitiveness, so I'll give you an example. So I, I actually live and reside in St. Louis. It wouldn't be really considered a top military destination, but we have huge military bases that surround you know, St. Louis, you have Scott Air Force Base, which is only, you know, maybe 20 miles into Illinois from St. Louis. So you get a lot of Scott Air Force people that move, you know, over into this direction. You got Fort Leonard Wood, which is only an hour and 10 minutes away from St. Louis. And you got Weidman Air Force Base, which isn't too far away from Kansas City. But you got three big military installations and the and the housing market in the state of Missouri couldn't be, I mean, it's the most competitive it has ever been. Inventories are extremely low, which at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to, right? We already had a pretty competitive housing market before the pandemic. But then when you added the pandemic into things and people started because of maybe the job situations or what have you, started pulling their houses off the market and now aren't looking to sell anymore, you know, you have a huge buyer pool of people that were ready to buy already. So now you just eliminated, you know, a lot of houses, units off of the marketplace and builders can't build fast enough. And the cost to build is extremely high already. So now you have this situation where a house goes on a market, you know, on a Friday, and by Sunday, it has seven seven contracts on it because that's literally the only house for 50 miles. I think what's happening now is you have people settling. Yeah. You know, because of inventories being so low, so they're settling. And, you know, the competitive nature in folks, you know, they probably don't realize what they've just done until after they close and move into the house that they just stroked a check for 50 grand over appraised value. You know what I mean? And I think what we're seeing, too, is that the real estate agents are having to get really crafty at putting together their offers to try to make 
their client or their client situation, um, their client's financing stand out from the crowd because it can get really easy for a listing agent to choose or to help to help the the seller make a decision on which one they might take because they believe that it's a better deal or a better outcome from the seller based on the type of financing there maybe that maybe they're using because maybe they're choosing to make a down payment that there's this myth that um, that might be a better buyer, less issues than someone that's using VA financing or government financing of some sort. So the agents really have to know their trade and be able to get creative in how they are positioning their customer and the financing that is coming with that customer when they're making those offers. That leads me, that's a perfect segue into my next question. There have been stories about military families having trouble using the VA home loan because of misperceptions, really. So can you guys talk about that in maybe other ways the military community has been impacted by the hot housing market? Well, I'll jump in on this one because I seem to be talking about this nonstop all my <laughs> life. It all stems from a lack of education or a gap of education within our real estate community and our mortgage industry. Unfortunately, um, you know, VA home loan financing shouldn't be a jack of all trades program, right? It should be people that are focused on the niche because of the way the benefit works. And maybe back in the 80s and 90s, the VA home loan benefit wasn't very easy, you know, an easy road to go for our real estate professionals and our mortgage professionals. But the program has changed quite a lot. Now what you have is you have these misperceptions where, you know, these realtors are scared of the VA appraisal. They think, you know, I always say the big bad VA appraisal. Um, and they're advising listing agents not to take government financing in general on contracts, right? Well, unfortunately, VA is lumped into that. Now I can tell you as someone who's traveled the country and is educated and spoke at a lot of events with thousands of realtors and mortgage professionals after I'm a data guy and the data does not support the behavior in our industry. And what I mean by that is when you look at the characteristics of a veteran or military client today, they are better than the normal consumer or the what we would call, you know, conventional borrower. Right. So you have high 700 FICOs, you got cash reserves, low debt to income ratios um, and great employment. Right. All the characteristics you would want as a seller to know your transaction is actually going to go through. What you have is you have people scared of the 100 percent financing piece, which Michelle alluded to earlier, and there can be nothing further from the truth. Example being. If I was buying your house, Natalie, and, and I had 100% financing opportunity, but I had 20% of reserves in the bank, who is more fit to come in with more money on top of the transaction, me or the person who's using their 20% reserves to put on the transaction in order to buy it, right? Right. So when you explain all this to the real estate world and mortgage professionals, kind of that, oh my God, I did not know that. And you can change the behavior. The problem is the only way to fix this and to make an immediate impact is through grassroots efforts 
And that's what we spend a lot of our time doing. That's the only way, especially in a competitive market like this, because by the time anybody at the top of the house, i.e. VA or National Association of Realtors, you know, would start putting stuff down, we'll be out of the competitive market back into a buyer's market. And then the VA customer and military buyer will be top of everybody's list again. So it's really just kind of being looked down upon in this competitive market. It wasn't always like that. Yeah, I think it's always, and Michelle can, you know, jump in too. I think it's always had its challenges because of, you know, the appraisal, the way the appraisals work and stuff like that uh, over the course of the years. But I think right now what makes it, what kind of puts the fire on the flame is that you're in this competitive market. And remember, you know, real estate is about how quickly can I sell this house and move on to the next one, right? So they don't want any hiccups and feel like it's going to take longer to close or have challenges with credit. Because for some weird reason, people think VA, they think people have poor credit, no money to close, and the house will never pass appraisal, which couldn't be further from the truth. Michelle? Right. And Brian, too, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but today... And again, you know, when, when you think back in the 80s and the 70s, there, there were some challenges when it came to the VA appraisal. But today, there really isn't anything majorly different between how the appraiser who is certified to do a VA appraisal, who's also the appraiser that can do a conventional appraisal, there really isn't a lot of difference in how they a, a truly appraise the home. Um, and in fact, with last with, with the the blue water act and tidewater bringing tidewater to the table having a formal process that none of the other loan programs have where there is a specific way that a notification that if the appraisal looks like it's going to come in lower than what the purchase price was and a whole process that the real estate agents can go through to before they even deliver the appraisal and then very specifically how you can go through a reconsideration process. I mean, they have laid that out very clearly. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that. They hear, oh, there's appraisal valuation issues or there's this Tidewater thing. And a lot of it's because they don't understand what that's doing that's a benefit to the seller as well as to the buyer. Can you explain the Tidewater thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Brian, I think you probably have a little bit more of the specifics. This is my favorite part of any discussion with the real estate community, because when you start talking VA appraisal, you can hear a pin drop in the room because it's such a hot topic within that community. And the VA appraisal, to Michelle's point, is the best in the game. Mm -hmm. The reason being is it, it originated in Virginia. That's why I got the nickname Tidewater because of uh, Tidewater, Virginia. Okay. I'm from the Tidewater area. That's why I just, <laughs> that's where my mind goes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. A bunch of realtors got together and this was, this was actually created because of, you know, realtor feedback. But basically what it means is and why it's so great and why it's better than other programs is if a conventional or FHA customer got an appraisal back and it was low and you went through the reconsideration process, which is just everybody disagreeing with the number the appraiser came up with and said, hey, we would like you to review these comps that support the value of our subject property, the property that our customer would like to buy. The appraiser's not going to reconsider that value because of the way the appraisal process is set up. 
with who they work for and who they support, and they get score they get graded, right? There, there's a scorecard for them. So if they go in and reconsider a value, that's a double-edged sword for the appraiser, right? Because now they're saying, oh, you know what, I, I did mess up. Here, let me change this. Well, that doesn't work for the appraiser because most likely they'll never be asked to do an appraisal again for that, that bank or whoever they work for. Where the way VA has it set up and why Tidewater is so great and why it was created is before the appraiser sends the appraisal to VA, okay, and it's going to look like it's going to come in low, they will send out communication to the selling, you know, to the listing agent and or the buyer's agent saying, hey, I'm not getting to the sales price. Can you send me more comps to help support it? And so now when the real estate, your realtors send those comps in, the appraiser has not sent anything to VA yet, right? So now they can go back in and look at it and go, okay, you know what? I Okay, I see it. I didn't have that one or, okay, that one is kind of like the subject property. Let me move these comps around and agree or disagree and then send it back to VA. Okay, so you're going to have a lot more success in a market where, you know, this could possibly be happening than you ever could with any other program. And the best part also, too, and in the event that the appraiser does not agree with those comps, the veteran can go to VA and ask for a reconsideration from the VA itself. And they'll have a staff appraiser do one more look at the comps. Okay, so you don't have this set up with other programs. That's why the VA is the best in the business when it comes to this. Just a lot of people don't know the intricacies of, of what Tidewater is and how it works. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much for explaining that. Brian, you started to talk about this earlier. So let's just talk about some advice you would give to military home buyers or even renters right now in this crazy market. Any tips that you guys have? Hey, absolutely. You know, first of all, I don't want this to be doom and gloom because it shouldn't be. There's a lot of things that a military family can do to better prepare themselves for, for home buying. First of all, home buying should be an exciting time. You know, becoming a homeowner for the first time or second time or third time should be exciting, right? Because that's your castle. That's where you hang your hat. You raise a family. So in order, though, today, more than ever, a family, no different than a military family preparing for their loved one to deploy somewhere, right? You got to get organized. You got to review your finances. You got to make sure that you're financially sound to buy a house or to make that next purchase. You really got to get your house in order and get very organized. So when you go into that market and start looking around, knowing your budget, knowing what you can go over, knowing how much, if you are a homeowner now, how much you can sell your house for, how much extra cash will I have going into this next transaction, knowing that we're in a competitive market. And if I do find the house that fits our needs, it's in a great neighborhood, great schools, conveniently located 30 to 45 minutes away from the base because nobody wants to live around base anymore. You know, what can we do in addition to uh, what's required? So also, Start looking for an agent, start networking in your spousal community, finding out who the go-to realtors are in that community, because you want to work with somebody who knows and can empathy, you know, has empathy towards your situation 
that will fight for you. And that's the big key here. Willing to fight for you um, in order to win when it comes to purchasing a home. And even more important, again, and I'm not knocking on my industry, but you have to find a lender that knows the game as well. Having two people on your team that know and are willing to fight from the you know mortgage side and the real estate side are just as important. And you're not going to find great people if you look two weeks before you're supposed to move or two weeks when you, you know what I mean? Right before you're next supposed to be in that market in 30 days. So you really need to start this process 12 months out and work your way into it. I know some people get, they know where they're going. They get their dream sheet. They know they might go to, you know, Seattle, they might go to San Diego, they might go to Jacksonville, Florida. Well, you really need to start scouting then. Know what the price points are for the houses, know what you can afford, know how much you can sell your house for. If you're renting, again, know how much you can afford, how much reserves you have. Can you put money in over the transaction? Can you not? And then start networking within your communities there to find out who the go-to people are that you need to use because your team is going to dictate your success. And those are important things to win in this market. Yeah, Brian, you're spot on. The more time, the more lead time you give, time is your friend right now. Um, and finding not not necessarily the, the realtor, the lender that you like their personality, which is really important, but you want them to be experts in military financing and understanding the world that you and your family live within. So knowing, not dabbling in the VA loan, but knowing the VA loan, your real estate agent having really worked with military clients and crafting those offers. So starting ahead of time, as Brian said, and then getting your team solidified. And then today, I would also say just not getting all caught up. I don't, there are people out there that get in that mentality of, oh my gosh, you know, I got to get this. You know, I think about people that are at, auctions with their little paddles and they just get all spun up is to remember this isn't life or death. Take a deep breath. You're going to find a place to live, but don't get so caught up in this, this whole feeling that you do end up with buyer's remorse because you've just drained all of your finances to get into a home that was not your first choice anyway. Um, so just being patient giving yourself time and working with the experts. You know, Natalie, one of the big things, and, it, and it's not military or veteran related, it's just consumer related when it comes to mortgage, is not knowing your own finances, mm -hmm. right? Not really knowing what your credit score looks like or anything. And I think that's where a lot of consumers start off on the wrong foot because they jump into the, they're one day driving around with their spouse and they're like, oh, you know what? This looks like a great neighborhood. Let's let's start shopping. Not knowing if you're even in, you know, in a position to be able to do that. You know, knowing what your FICO is, knowing where your credit profile stands, knowing how much you got going out versus coming in, you know, is a huge, huge thing to start talking through early. So then one of two things can happen. You can put yourself in a better position to buy. Or you know you're in a great position, you can save money or do some other things. But but knowing that, because when you talk to a realtor and you talk to a mortgage professional, the more transparent you can be 
about your ability as a great consumer is only going to help them in their efforts when they're structuring your, you know, contract to the seller. Because sellers, number one thing is to sell their house. And they only have certain tools to use to to try to figure out if this is going to be good or not. Most of the time they look at earnest money and other things as indicators like, okay, this is going to go through because consumers really don't share very much with the agent, you know, especially the selling agent on their personal profiles to give the seller warm and fuzzy. So the more you can share that with your team and the more you can get that in line with something that's going to suggest that there's not going to be any problems, the better you're going to be. And that's where consumers tend to fail. Great, you guys. Well, thank you so much for that information. I hope our listeners took away some great tips. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up? Wow. I think we uh, we went the full spectrum. <laughs> we did cover a lot of great info. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my number one thing is this is not doom and gloom. Okay. No. It The housing market's competitive. Yes. And again, just stay organized and know where you're at. The longer lead time you can give yourself, the likely, the more likelihood of success you're going to have when going into a new market to buy. And that's probably the best advice I could give anybody right now. Yep. Information is power. The more education up front that they know and that they understand and that they are part of the process, something's not happening to them. They're helping to make the decisions that best suit their family, um, the, the better outcome long-term as well. And, and you know, Natalie, one thing too, you know, sometimes it's not the right time to buy. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, ju- you know, just because you've been a homeowner and homeown- and being a homeowner is, you know, it feels good to you. And it's some- sometimes when you're moving into a market, it's just not worth it. You know what I mean? Like if you're only going to be there for three or four years or that, you know, and you know that you're about to retire after that and you're going to go, maybe it's, maybe it's just not. And having those, you know, having those types of conversations with your sphere of influence is really important too. And and can help you with success. So you don't end up like Michelle said with buyer's remorse. Yeah. Well, how can anyone listening to this conversation connect with you? Maybe they have some questions or just want to learn more about Caliber. How can they connect with you guys? Two very easy ways. CaliberMilitaryLending.com is our website. That's one way. And they can always email me directly. And I'm PCS at CaliberHomeLoans.com. That's great. (laughs) Easy to remember. Yeah, made it really (laughs) easy on purpose. Great. Well, thank you, Brian and Michelle, so much for coming on The Spouse Angle. I enjoyed this conversation, and I hope our listeners took away some good tips for buying or not buying in this crazy (laughs) market. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Spouse Angle. We have a lot more news content over at thespouseangle.com, including our monthly video show, Happiness Deployed, highlighting your good news stories every month. If you want to be featured there or on the podcast, send us an email to podcast at thespouseangle.com. New episodes of the podcast drop every Wednesday on our website, the Milso Muster app, Apple, Spotify, and likely wherever you're listening right now. If you have time to leave a rating or a review, we'd really appreciate it. We are also on Reads Across America Radio on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern in the iHeartRadio app. Talk to you next week. <laughs>